Hello, and welcome back to the Home Nine Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Sanders, and joining me on this episode is Brandon Olson, of course, as always. You can find him on Twitter at W underscore Brandon. And then we're also going to be joined by Tony Fields II, linebacker out of Arizona and West Virginia. You can find him on Twitter at T underscore Fields1, I believe. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and uh, enjoy this episode. It was a fun one. All right, and uh, now we are being joined by West Virginia, former Arizona linebacker, Tony Fields II. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at T underscore Fields1. How you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, man. It's, uh, I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed to uh, be living this experience, man. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, but you've had a, a, a busy couple of weeks. You went to the Senior Bowl and stuff. Uh, how was that? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was a different experience for sure with the uh, COVID and everything like that. It was kind of like another uh, season for uh, like it was like the football season in, uh-huh. in a way. We had COVID test every day in the morning and stuff like that. It was long days, um, but it was a great experience all in all. And I feel like uh, I went out there and showed the scouts what I needed to show them. Yeah, we were out there. We were we were we were on the media section all week, so we were there. It was fun. It, hey, we thought you did good. Yeah, we thought. You also- hey, well, hey, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> that uh, just before we really get into it, that just reminded me. There was a play on maybe day two, I think it was, or like it looked like you like tweaked your left leg or something. Did something happen there? Because like I feel like I remember seeing you like you were on the ground for a little bit, like your knee just like your leg just looked like straight. And then I feel like you like went over to the coaching staff and you're like, no, I'm good. Because like I was on for a second. Did something happen or were you straight? No, nah, I'm straight. It was a little, I got a little stinged up in my uh, hamstring, get my uh, in my uh, calf. I've been getting treatment on it and stuff like that. I'm straight. It was just a little uh, banged up. That's it. All right. All right. Uh, you see, I went back out there. I just a little bruised, a little bruised <laughs> up. It altered me up for a second, but hey, nothing stopped me from the field unless it's broken. And even then, even then, maybe not. You feel me? <laughs> I mean, hey, you you. That's you uh, <laughs> You still got uh, nominated the best linebacker by the national team. So, hey, what more can you ask? I appreciate my boys, the running back boys over there. That's all love to them right there, man. We were talking about the the, the senior bowl a little bit. Um, How has this pre-draft process been? Well, um, since the senior bowl, I mean, I've talked – you can talk to teams on the phone. So, I've talked to a couple teams. Um, But otherwise, um, I'm just – I'm here uh, back in Vegas working out every day and trying to get my body right and getting shape for pro day. Going back to the, the senior bowl a little bit, did you have any uh, – one, one interesting thing, did you have any, like did, – did you do any of the evening interviews, like the phone calls? Yes. During the week? Did you have any, um, like, weird or funny, like, interview moments? Because I know last year there were some, like, really weird ones for whatever reason. Nah, nothing weird. I mean, just just – a lot of uh, scouts just knew, you know, obviously they know a lot about your background. So they, they asked me a lot about my mom's history. She was in the uh, R&B group 702. So that's what I that's what I really heard a lot about. <laughs> well, I did not know that, but now I'm interested. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awesome. What's the, yeah, best, what's the best 702 song? 
I got a bunch, man. Probably the most popular is where my girls at. Awesome. Um, how did the how did the so we were there for like three days and we had signed up and done uh the like signed up to get like the the post practice like the phone call interviews and we didn't get a single one that entire week. <laughs> we even had your we had your name on the list. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. No, it's, I mean, it's yeah, all we, good. We put uh, we six credential people and so six credential people, five requests each. So we had 30 a night. Didn't get a single one in. I was like, all right, yeah. damn. They, they said they had like 500 or something and like on like Wednesday. So it's like, yeah, all right, that, that's fair. And they said that most of them were like three, four minutes. Were yeah. they really just like catching you just like walking places? Because that's how they told Literally. us they were going to do it. That's that's how it was most of the time. They'll catch us walking. It was nothing really like I honestly didn't get caught by a lot of people. I, I they would we did most of the interviews like locked in, like back room and stuff. Um who would you say just from last week was the toughest person for you to go up against, whether it was pass blocking drills and coverage, whatever it was? Uh I'll say Mike from North Carolina. He was pretty good. Um, at his route running, and then um, I say Ramar J. Stevenson with his pass blocking. Both of them, they uh, they gave me a little bit of rough for my money when I had Tari come. That North Carolina backfield this year was insane, and yeah, yeah Michael Carter sure. showed out this year and yeah. during during the week. Um, that that entire national like the entire national team, like offensive line and running backs, were, were stacked. Yeah, our whole team was pretty stacked. I realized that. I'm like, damn, like it was kind of unfair. But hey, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we went out and took the. But one thing we did see last week, and I, I want to ask you about, if you were talking to a scout, and I'm sure you did, how would you describe your versatility on the defense to to like an NFL team? Um, I'm literally. I like to tell them I'm able to do everything. Um, I can cover. I can sit back in zone. Um, if you want me to spot a quarterback, I can do that. Um, just from playing at both two different schools and with playing at Arizona, I played in so many different defenses and I played at every linebacker position pretty much in Arizona. And then I moved to West Virginia, I had to play the Mike linebacker position. I've learned everything and I, I can play every position on the field. I mean, nothing's different. I mean, football is football universal. So that's why I say I'm pretty versatile. Yeah, and um, when you were at West Virginia, the year before that, they were ranked like, I think, 73rd scoring defense. The year before that, it was like 60-something. And this year, you guys were 21st. Uh, what else played a huge role in just that defense just completely changing and turning things around? Uh, man, we fed off each other. We all wanted what was best. We all wanted what was best for each other. And we all just sincerely wanted to win. And that's what it's all about. I mean, we went out there. And we played for each other. Like, when I made a play, I knew my teammates were happy. And when they made a play, I jumped up and down and was happy. So, that that's how it worked out. And that's how uh, I feel like we made so many plays this year. But how, how would you describe the differences between playing a linebacker and Pac-12? A uh, linebacker in the Pac-12 and in the Big uh, Big 12? Um, In the Pac-12, it's a little bit faster. The game's a little bit faster. The guy's a little bit faster. Um. In the Big 12, it's just a little bit more power and a little bit more uh, – It's I can say a little bit more pro-style, slow, slow down. Like, coming from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, it was it was like, in a sense, 
easier for me to uh, line up and get uh, lined up and react to plays because in the Pac-12, there were so many teams that went no huddle and were ready to go and, like, sometimes had two plays to run back-to-back. And when in the Big 12, almost every quarterback looked to the right and got their uh, signal before the play. Uh, one thing I do, I do want to ask you, I love Pac-12 football. Pac-12 football is super fun to watch. Uh, but one of the big things, big phrases is uh, the Pac-12 after dark. What was it about like playing at night that those games like that seem to go super late are always like super entertaining? I mean, it's cool to play at night. I mean, that's one thing that the Pac-12 players always complained about. I complained about it when I was in the Pac-12 too because we wanted to get the spotlight like the Big 12 and all these other conferences get. And that's that's like one of the downfalls of the players in the Pac-12. But I mean, I guess it's it's pretty nice to play under the lights every night. Like it was pretty cool to sit there and be able to watch all the other games and kind of anticipate yourself playing. But in a sense, it's it's pretty irritating too because you want to play and you're like, damn, I'm watching. I get to watch Oklahoma. I got to watch all these teams play when I could have played at 12 o'clock at night. I mean, 12 o'clock in the morning and watch them play the rest of the day like they're watching me. It's just a little different, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. An, it can be annoying because the Pac-12 is, I think, one of the more fun conferences to watch, but not a lot of people do because it is so late. Maybe uh, with Larry Scott stepping down, maybe we can see a little bit of shift in that because I would like to see more prime time like Pac-12 right. games. Right. I mean, they just just a couple of years. I mean, just to just to see them get out there a little bit more. That's how I feel about it. It'll be it, it'll be a little bit more fair. It's just like 7 p.m. every night, like. I've never had a daytime game in three years at Arizona. So that is insane. Uh, were there any like NFL linebackers that you try to kind of model your game after a little bit? Um, as of today, uh, I look a lot at Devin White from uh, Tampa Bay. I like him a lot. Um, I like uh, Jayon Brown. I like what he does. Um, it's a lot of guys, honestly. I, I like to take bits, bits and pieces of a lot of people, Roquan Smith, um, Bobby Wagner. So a lot of guys I just look at in NFL and I take bits and pieces from. I don't want to just mimic my game off of one person because I still want to be my own person at the end of the day. Well, yeah, speak, speak more to that. Are there any, like, non-linebackers that you have taken anything from in the NFL? Non-linebackers. Um, I like Jalen Ramsey for sure. Uh-huh. I like to watch. I like to watch him cover. I like to watch what he does. And I mean, I'm reading the book, and the book I'm reading talks a lot about Tom Brady's leadership. So that's one thing I'm. I, I take. I like to. Uh, I like to learn a lot about other players and where their heads at and stuff like that. So I mean, not just on the field, but off the field. I I, I like to look at what other players do. Mm-hmm. Um. But speaking of yeah, like on on the field, we we talked about you never played a game during the during the night at Arizona, and then just the bigger lights of the Big Twelve. What's your favorite on the field moment of your career? Oh, that's a good one. Probably beating Kansas State this year. It was yeah, a pretty that's... big win. I mean, we know nobody expected us to beat Kansas State. <laughs> they were, I think, they're ranked fifteenth or fourteenth when we played them. Good old Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, we ended up holding Deuce Vaughn, I think, to like 51 yards or 57 yards. So we did pretty good. We game planned pretty good, and everybody went out there and executed. And uh, do you have a favorite off-the-field moment from your 
time in college? My time in college, um, probably just probably riding to Vegas with uh, my boys. Like it, was, it was not even one time. It was a couple times we used to come to Vegas just to chill in Vegas with my family and stuff like that. Like me and Colin Schooler or me and Gary and stuff like that. So that was probably the funnest times. What just, is just, just the long car ride, the conversation. Yeah, what is what's what's the best thing to do in Vegas that isn't like, you know, everyone has like their their like, you know, the touristy parts of Vegas. But like what's the favorite thing to do in Vegas that is like off the beaten path? I mean, I don't really I'm gonna be real. I'm like I've been here all my life. So it's like I, I don't even I feel like everything that you really go to do in Vegas is like is like the tourist type thing. Like I mean uh-huh. When I go and do something in Vegas, I go to the movies. I go to the drive-in movie theater, maybe. I mean, every now and then, maybe the Sugar Factory. But it's nothing really out here that's that's too that I haven't done before. So it's just uh-huh. like, all right, oh well, that's that's how it is out here. What's the Sugar Factory? It's a uh, like a place with a bunch of candy, a bunch of food. It's it's, it's a good little uh, food place. Yeah. Um. One thing I did want to ask you. So we uh, talked to a lot of people, and you know high school football there's a lot of like people from like a lot of shine goes like texas or florida or anything like that what's high school football like in nevada i mean it's depending on where you go go to school honestly like in my high school when i first got to high school we weren't like we didn't have a lot of people at our games every year uh i mean every game but uh toward my senior year like our, our stadium started to pack out and stuff like that but like the schools like bishop gorman or liberty high school like they always have full crowds and they always had a bunch of people at the game. So it just depending on depend on the area of school you went to and how they love football in the area, I say. What are your or do you have any like non football plans either while you're a pro or later on? Uh yeah, I'm really in the real estate. Uh I plan on buying uh buying and selling apartment complexes or apartment units and stuff like that. And also I wanna uh I want to build a, a little community center out here in Vegas and get back to community over back by where I was born, where I was born and raised, just because I feel like it's no real gym, no football gym over there and nobody that really is able to help out over there. So I want to even build a community center or a gym that the kids can come in and get trained and get helped out. Just so, you know, some of the kids that didn't have as much help that fell out of the, uh, fell out of touch those those kids are able to come back and touch and get helped out, you know. And you had a you had throughout your career, you had a bunch of, I would say like infamous head coaches, uh, <laughs> you know, just like people that are known for being kind of out there. Do you have a, like a favorite like coach story, either whether it be like Neil Brown, Kevin Sumlin, or Rich Rod or anything? Got a good one. Everybody talks about how Rich Rod used to yell, so I got one for Rich Rod. Oh, that was my uh, first coach, first college coach. So um, my freshman year, I'd never forget it. We're on the sideline. This is the middle of a game, and I just hear somebody yelling at the top of their lungs. <sighs> I can't say the words, but cursing, cursing, cursing. And the next thing you know, you see papers flying in the air, and the headset snapped in half on the floor. And I'm like, oh, like this is my first time I've ever seeing a head coach actually go that go that crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. And then he'll look, he'll look at you 10 minutes later, he's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's exactly. crazy. It happened. <laughs> yeah, Rich Rod was a, Rich Rod was a mess, man. He was he was a he was a crazy coach. I tell you that he used to run us crazy. I loved him. 
Um, we just touched on you having three different head coaches in your college career. You mentioned this earlier. Uh, do you, how much of an advantage do you think that is that you've worked under so many different coaches and you've seen so many different, I guess, schemes throughout your college career? It's great. I mean, I work with, like you said, three different head coaches, six different linebacker coaches. I mean, I think I think it was four different, no, five different defenses, really. So, I mean, it was it was really a lot I had to learn. But, I mean, being a learning sponge is the best way to do it. I mean, if you especially you're trying to play this game. So, I mean, I know how to play in almost every defense. I've played in every defense but a 3-4. And I feel like it'll be easy to develop into that, too, because it's pretty much it. football is football at the end of the day. A 3-4 is the same thing as – is a 4-3. I mean, it's just another lineman deciding which line is going down. So, I mean, it's just football, like I said. All right, and then uh, last label, uh, last label, close out with the question we uh, we ask everybody to end. I uh, assume you're aware of the My Cause, My Cleats program in the NFL? Yes. Uh, if you were to pick, like, a, a cause or, like, a charity or something, like, today, or, well, you will be making this decision next year, maybe, um, if they if they do it, but if you had to pick something to like represent right now, what would it be? Um, I'll probably do it for cancer. Mm-hmm. I'll for sure do it for cancer. hundred percent. Uh, thank you for coming on. It was a blast. Uh, good luck in the next couple of months before you get your NFL team. Hopefully we hear your name called early. Yes, sir. That's the, hey, that's the plan. We're going to turn some eyes on pro day. Cool deal, man. Have a great one. Thanks for coming out. All right, you guys, thanks.